accessing node A two E E E three four Q. Connected. Downloading. Transfer complete. Welcome back to the Dead Drop, your secure transfer of video game and developer news. I'm Matthew Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. After a bit of a slow news week with everyone embroiled in God of War Ragnarok, the Game Awards nominations are now in. This is usually the time where everyone starts gathering all the games they've played across the year so they can start making their own list. And I'll probably try and do the same thing. But before we dive into Jeff Keighley's nominations at his awards show, I wanted to point you all to a podcast episode with Neelai Patel called Decoder. He's also the editor of The Verge and usually hosts The Verge cast as well. He managed to get Phil Spencer onto his podcast this week to talk about as much as he can around all the things embroiled around Call of Duty, the acquisition of Activision Blizzard, the EU's approach to the competition regulation for that acquisition, and a little bit more. So I'd highly recommend you give that a listen if you'd like the information from its source, as opposed to the 10,000 news stories currently out there piecemealing the information from this particular interview. They usually only go for about an hour, and Neelai is an excellent interviewer, and he doesn't shy away from the hard questions. The link to get that episode in your podcast app is available in the show notes, as are all the articles that I'll mention today. And this is your transfer from the 17th of November, 2022. And these are the news stories that you need to know. As I mentioned earlier, the Game Awards nominations are now in. Jeff Keighley's awards show, the Game Awards that happens once a year in early December, has a panel of judges that play the games and make judgments about the nominations and the winners, but there's also a component of voting for us. So we can go to thegameawards.com and make votes ourselves. And I would urge you to do that if you've got some favorites. Now in saying that, it has been a slow year for the AAA games. So there isn't too much variance in the games that are nominated for all of the 31 different categories of awards that are available. Some are very specific, such as the influences that are in the video game space at the moment. But the games themselves and the studios they come from tend not to vary too much. Nominated for Game of the Year is A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And to illustrate my point, Best Game Direction is Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, and Stray. You'll find that a lot of the same games are appearing in most of the categories, but one other category that I do want to mention, just because it is a little bit different, is the best indie, and that is Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. I won't list all the games here because everyone loves a podcast with lists, right? But head to the links in the show notes, and there's a nice summary as well as the Game Awards website that you can check out. Personally, I think my game of the year is going to be God of War Ragnarok, but that's got to be pretty close with Elden Ring, and I'm a bit surprised that Plague Tale Requiem made it there. Brilliant game, brilliant narrative, but I don't know about the gameplay. I'm yet to be convinced. Speaking of awards shows, the Grammys and its first category dedicated to soundtracks for video games has been announced. The nominations for the best video game soundtrack for the Grammys comes from Aliens Fireteam Elite, 
composed by Austin Wintry, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Dawn of Ragnarok, composed by Stephanie Ekonomu, Call of Duty Vanguard, composed by Bear McCreary, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, composed by Richard Juck, and Old World, composed by Christopher Tin. The Recording Academy notes that this award recognizes excellence in score soundtrack albums comprised predominantly of original scores and created specifically for or as a companion to the current video game. The 65th Annual Grammy Awards will be held in February 2023. As I learn the art of a good segue, Bethesda has rejected Doom Eternal's composer Mick Gordon's mistreatment allegations and have said that it has incited threats of violence to developers working in the studio. Mick Gordon's 14,000 word statement on Medium describing the working conditions for the development around Doom Eternal, look for a quick summary of this in a previous episode, has incited Bethesda to come out with their own allegations not yet delivered, but they say that they do have evidence to the contrary of Mick Gordon's statement that they will release in an appropriate venue as needed. And that's a direct quote. As we learned with Helena Taylor and Bayonetta 3, there are always two sides to every story and we need to be open to hearing the facts about this from both sides. And in this very same way, and I will say it again, let's not violently threaten the people developing the games that we enjoy because stuff like this comes out. You wouldn't do it to your friends. Don't do it to them either. It seems that Riot Games is out there yet again looking for the well-being and benefit of players by teaming up with Ubisoft to launch a joint research project to try and combat harmful content in online game communications. Video Games Chronicle reports that this is a tech partnership and both of the studios will be working to create a zero harm in comms research initiative, which, and I quote, aims to create a cross-industry shared database and labeling ecosystem that gathers in-game data which will better train AI-based preemptive moderation tools to detect and mitigate disruptive behavior. So it looks like they are trying to collect as much information as they can, label the behavior that's seen as toxic, and then they're going to share that information out to train AI-based moderation tools to better address those components of the chat. This is a big undertaking. There are a lot more components to this than just dealing with toxic comments. There is also issues of data and privacy and getting the entire games industry together to support this thing. So we'll see what happens with it. I'd be very interested to see what their research reveals about what common language can be marked in this way to ensure that people have good game experiences. And now some quick news headlines to keep you informed. On the Decoder podcast I mentioned at the start of the show, Phil Spencer has mentioned that it shelved the project known as Keystone, which was originally going to be an Xbox streaming device, cloud streaming only, was only going to be viable at a $99 to $129 price point. And so it was shelved because they could not create a device that met that cost requirement. With all the cloud-based systems out in the market now, they can probably just watch and see what happens to see if they do indeed make it in future. Sega is releasing its first blockchain game soon, based on the Sangakushi Tyson series, which is predominantly a card game. This is focused on NFTs, but at the same time, PlayStation seems to be exploring NFTs still as well by submitting a patent for a tracking unique in-game digital assets using tokens on a distributed ledger. Sounds a lot like blockchain, doesn't it? There was a demo for Superman made in the Unreal Engine 5 that was circulated as a free demo, but someone has stolen it and sold it on Steam as an $11 game. It even includes the original text from the developer that made the free demo. You'd wonder how something like this can happen, especially on a platform as big as Steam. 
In CD Projekt Red News, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Next Gen Update is coming on December 14th and it's announced that it will be free for everyone who currently owns the game. The Witcher Game Twitter account has also noted that a physical edition of the Next Gen Update will be available after that date. They have also come out and announced that Cyberpunk 2077's Phantom Liberty DLC expansion will be a paid DLC, so you'll need to pay a little bit of extra money. And note here as well that it will only be available on next-gen consoles. You may see information out there about a PlayStation 5 Slim or Pro potentially coming out in 2023. I have the article linked in the show notes for this and it seems to be an SEO exercise. They have no information, no solid basis for making this presumption, but I presume it is to drive traffic and to update as information comes out in future. If people are starting to look for the PS5 Pro and Slim, Stuff.TV wants to be the place that you go, right? And lastly, Shigeru Miyamoto, one of the most influential figures to come out of Nintendo and one of the main executives, turns 70 years old on the 16th of November. Happy birthday, buddy. And that was the gaming industry news that you need to know. This is your first episode. Welcome to the Dead Drop Network. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more. If you love this podcast, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, even Good Pods or Podchaser. If you'd like to tell me what you see going on in the world of gaming, send me an email, deaddroppod at gmail.com. Join me every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news and make sure to tell your friends about the Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days. Bye.